You are listening to The Christian Commute, a commute-length podcast about Christian apologetics, theology, and other matters of Christian interest. Here is your host, Seth Dunn. Thursday, December 7th. This is The Christian Commute. I'm your host, Seth Dunn, and I'm cutting out of Dalton a little early because the Cartersville Christmas Parade is tonight, and I probably won't even be able to drive down the street to get to my house if I don't do it now. So I will be finishing my work day from my basement office and then going to that Christmas parade with my kids. And uh, I got the navigation lady on. I hope you don't hear the navigation lady, but I have her on because uh, I'm leaving straight from the restaurant where I came to lunch and I, I had a theory that driving back to work and would not be the shortest way and it's not. So I've got to take a different turn. I'm in an unfamiliar part of Dalton. And by that I mean I never go home from here. I always go back to the office. I can only get to where I go. Like I can get from, from to this restaurant from my office and then back but then I can't go anywhere else from this restaurant like home. So I need a little uh, computer assistance. I ate lunch with my friend Joey McNutt today. He is, he's got to be pushing 60. He, he was at my parents' wedding, if you're wondering uh, how old he is. He was at my parents' wedding, and my parents have been married for over 50 years. And I had for him a souvenir cup from the SEC championship game. He collects them. And... He called me. He said, are you still going to be at work? I said, let's go to lunch together. And I said, let's go to Western Sizzling. That's where we ate. I go to the Western Sizzling in Dalton all the time. Because for $8.79, you can get a sirloin steak and a baked potato. You cannot beat it. And it's a good steak. So I think I've been there twice this week. And he said, well, how long uh, long do you think it will take me to get there? I'm like, I don't know, Joey. Why don't you ask your phone? to navigate you to the Western Sizzling in Dalton. And he's like, well, I'm coming from East Ridge. I mean, he's sitting there doing the math in his head. He's like, what street is it on? And it's two different generations. It is different generations. My generation, doesn't matter where I am on Earth, I'm going to ask this phone to get me there. I, 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 listen, I use, I use the navigation lady in town just so I'll know, like, when I'll get some there. Like, am I going to be late? I navigated, I used the navigation lady to get to basketball practice last night. I just wanted to see when I'd be there. So uh, I'm navigating myself home. And uh, let me see here. Joey just texted me. I guess you're in a hurry. Yes, I am in a hurry, Joey. I got to get home. I'm going to turn this navigation lady off. Turn the navigation lady off because I... uh, I'm heading to the interstate now. And I do not, I do not have a full show for you guys today. I'm so sorry. But no one wrote to SethDunn88 at gmail.com or dialed 470-315-0875 to ask the Christian Commute for roadside assistance. If you have a question about theology or apologetics, send it to SethDunn88 at gmail.com and send it fast. Because I'm out of them. And if I don't get one this evening or tomorrow afternoon, I'll have a, a show Friday without a show topic. 
And to make matters worse, today is a rerun. This is a rerun. And you might be thinking, Seth, you don't do reruns on the Christian commute. Every day is a new topic. Amazingly, I have found 1,400 different things to talk about. But there is one show, well, actually, there's a couple shows that I do annually. I do an April Fool's show. I do my Worst Christian of the Year show, which reminds me I need to write that article at fullpitandpin.org. haven't written anything uh, there in a while. But I also do Starving Lottie Moon. Every year around Christmas time, I do an episode called Starving Lottie Moon, and this is Starving Lottie Moon 2023. And we will get to that again after the Bible chapter review. Matthew chapter... 26 verse 57 through 60a usually I don't stop in the middle of a verse uh, but whatever guy put the verses on the Bible he did he he put the middle of a verse in the middle of a sentence and I thought it's a good stopping point so this is verse 60a this is the first part of the verse we'll we'll pick up 60b and beyond. But this, I had room on the sticky note. I had room, and I didn't have a question, but I thought, nope, this is the best way to do this. So here we go. Those who had seized Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and elders were gathered together. But Peter was following him at a distance as far as the courtyard of the priest and entered in and sat with the officers to see the outcome. Now the chief priests and whole council kept trying to obtain false testimony against Jesus so that they might put him to death. They did not get any, even though many false witnesses came forward. So they're soliciting false testimony so they can put him to death. And false witnesses were coming forward, but they could not find anything of which to accuse him of, at least credibly, so that he could be put to death. Couldn't find any. And it seemed, it's sort of a setup. These people are so unrighteous, they have the false witnesses waiting. you got to think, these are not people randomly coming up and saying, I'll say something false. This is all planned. This is all planned all the way back with Judas. So, they have Judas saying, I'm going to betray him to you. This is where he's going to be, and I'll identify him to you. And they go out in the middle of the night, and they get him. And they take him back to Caiaphas' house. <coughs> Excuse me. They take him back to Caiaphas' house, and they're going to put him on trial. But for what? They just want rid of him. They would have had to arrange this testimony already. You guys are going to give this false testimony about him. You guys are going to give this false testimony about him. This is all planned out. There's no chance for Jesus in this trial to be found not guilty or innocent and let go. That's not the point. He's guilty, and that he's guilty in their minds. They got to get rid of him. This is all for show. They can't just throw him off a cliff somewhere, or knock him out and weigh him down and throw him in the in the ocean. They have to go through 
with a mockery of a trial, and that's what they're doing. So just because there's a trial doesn't mean there's justice. And all the Florida State fans are saying, just because the committee has the power and they go through the process doesn't mean that there's justice. We were undefeated. Ah. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a sermon illustration I would not use in Florida right now. Anyway. <clears throat> that's going to be the end of the Bible chapter review. Other than to say, have you ever been in a sermon or in a church service where the preacher gave a sermon about this and then at invitation time, the preacher said, are you walking at a guilty distance? <laughs> Peter was at a guilty distance. They'll take, here's Peter. You see, Peter followed him, but he was too ashamed of him. He was at a distance. And maybe you're here today and you, th you know Jesus and you know he's the right thing, but you're at a distance. Oh, friend, don't be at a distance today. Come to Jesus now. And as I've already said, I could have made so many fake exegetical bad sermons out of this. Like, the, while you were sleeping, you're at a distance. So you, you're at a distance from God like the Apostle Peter was. But you got to close it out. All right. And Peter being there is significant because remember, Peter said... Oh, not me, Lord. I'm not going to deny you. Uh-uh, no way. We'll see how that holds up in the coming verses. So we're going to leave Jesus here in this kangaroo court being accused by false witnesses. This is normally where we'd move on to the Bible chapter review, and I am still in Dalton. Ugh. Ugh. And I got no question in the inbox. So we'll move on from the review. We got nothing in the inbox. I hereby chastise all you listeners who did not send me a question. And you know what? I realize that some of you, you've been listening to this show for so long, all your questions are answered. You honestly don't have a question. You don't want to, th to think of a contrived question. So that's fine. But I know that you know somebody who has a question that could be answered. You should be sharing the podcast with them. To keep getting questions, the podcast has to keep getting new listeners. I know it's a niche podcast for old ladies and truck drivers. I get it. I understand. But there's other truck drivers out there. Are you guys not talking at the truck stop when you pull in? Hey, Alice, this is the podcast I listen to out on the road. When you old ladies go to the beauty shop and you're sitting there, are you not telling all your friends where you, you sit under those those dryers with the curlers on your head and you're all sitting there talking, hey, I listen to the Christian commute. You should too. I heard something interesting about Lottie Moon on it today. Share it on your Facebook. Share it at the truck stop. Share it at the beauty shop. Because it's getting to where the questions just don't come in. <clears throat> Uh, that is as close as you'll get on this program to a campaign to advertise and do the show. Right? Sound like a I sound like a preacher with a building to pay for. You better invite your friends. We just had a building campaign. We 
we had capture the vision. We we we, we four million dollar campaign. We need to we we built the seats. If you build it, they were coming. Nice. I mean, some of y'all need to invite your friends. I just like doing the podcast. I don't care if anybody listens or not. I want people to listen, of course, but I'm the kind of person like, well, Seth, if, if we act like this at church, if if we preach these doctrines at church, if we don't play those songs, people won't come. I'm like, well, all right then. Well, if we, well, what they won't, what if they they won't listen? I'm like, okay. I do this podcast for those who do listen. Thank you for your listenership, listeners. All right. See, I mean, like, I went to seminary. I know how to. I know how to beat listeners up to get them to do something for me. I just choose not to do it. You talk about your grandson at the beauty shop, but you won't invite anybody to church. Mm. How about you witness to one of them lot lizards down at the truck stop? They need to get. They need to be with Jesus. They need to get in church. Some of you. You're walking in a gifted distance like Peter. You want to act like you're out in the world uh, having fun, but when they ask you about Jesus, you don't say you know him. Mm-hmm. Amen. You get out of the Facebook into the good book. Amen. Mm. I know how to do that. I just choose not to. I also choose to pass this van going too slow. Oh, come on. Like People in the middle lane I couldn't see because of this slow van that has a wheelbarrow and ladders on top. Going slow too. I gotta get. I gotta get back to work, Van. I have spreadsheets to make. I had a woman come to my office today. She said, "Can you help me with this spreadsheet formula?" I went in to help her, and I was just like, "I, I could do this for you, or I could revolutionize your life where you don't ever have to make this spreadsheet again. I'll make it for you." So I want to get. I want to get home and make that spreadsheet for her. I'm out here to help others. Here we go. All right, let's talk about starving Lottie Moon. Starving Lottie Moon. If you go to a Southern Baptist church, if they have not already asked you for your Lottie Moon money by now, they're going to ask you soon. They're going to tell you it's time for the Lottie Moon fundraiser. The the home office of the SBC will have already sent out Little posters to put in the churchyard or little signs to print and put on the door of the church. It's time for Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Now, some churches, that's all they'll do. They'll say, hey, it's time for Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Some of them will have events. When I went to the, uh, to the demonic church of Freemasonry, Roland Springs, we had a Lottie Moon potluck. And it was, actually it was soup. And everybody would make soup. And the church would get together and eat in the fellowship hall after. And everybody would bring soup. You get whatever kind of soup you want. And they'd have a donation box when you went in. And that was the Lottie Moon Soup Fundraiser. And I will put that Lottie Moon Fundraiser up against any fundraiser in the, in the country. Because one, you get soup on a cold day. Because it's December when you raise money for Lottie Moon. It's great to eat soup. Two, you're in the fellowship hall having an after-church fellowship with your church family, and what's better than that? Third, it's all got all kind of different kind of soups, and you're raising money for missions. If somebody out, listen, the whole point of this episode, and I'm telling you, don't give any money to Lottie Moon. But if you do, try that. <laughs> 
So I, when I was at Tabernacle Baptist, they had a little Christmas tree in front of the pulpit, and it would I think it would have 20 lights on it. And for every $1,000 they raised for Lottie Moon, they'd light up a light, and they'd say, oh, we're trying to light up this Christmas tree. There's something visual, something they're going to do to get that Lottie Moon Christmas offering. They're telling the kids in Sunday school, bring in your tooth fairy money. We got to give to Lottie Moon. And I live in Cartersville. There is no greater heresy for a Baptist from Cartersville to say don't give to Lottie Moon. Do you know why? Because Lottie Moon used to live in Cartersville. She was a member of First Baptist Church. That's where I go to church, guys, every Sunday. This is a good time to mention, as I sometimes do, that the opinions expressed on this podcast are not necessarily those of First Baptist Church. The elders, fellow members, deacons, praise team members, janitors, Sunday school teachers, hospitality team, and parking lot valet guy, or anything else. I think that covers everybody. All right? They do not necessarily agree with me on everything I say on here. All the Baptist stuff, I'm sure they agree with. Now, at First Baptist, they just built onto the building. Because the church was growing, they needed more space, they built a chapel. It's called the Lottie Moon Chapel. Right? I walk by the Lottie Moon Chapel every Sunday. Okay? So I know who Lottie Moon is. They teach us about Lottie Moon in seminary. And the Christmas offering is named after Lottie Moon. And, listen, you can give zero dollars to the cooperative program, but if you give to Lottie Moon, they will consider you Southern Baptist. There are those out there that will say, what makes us Southern Baptist? Well, giving to Lottie Moon does. Okay? So, depending on your church, you will have heard of it a little bit, or they will be pressing hard. IMB will probably send a video to your church for them to play during the service, probably after music time, but before preaching time, here's a watch this Lottie Moon video, and it'll be some missionary out in some far-flung, horrible place like Tibet or Africa, and like these people that you're seeing are all going to go to hell if you don't give us Lottie Moon money. Okay? Don't forget to give Lottie Moon. Now, all your churches, Southern Baptists, they're telling you Give, give, give to Lottie Moon. And I want you to ask, why, why, why should I? Why should I? Is that the highest and best use of our money that we're donating? Usually churches set a goal. ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars dollars $30,000, $5,000. Depends on the size of the church. You could use that money for any mission. Why should it go to Lottie Moon? And the answer can't be because it's always gone to Lottie Moon. We've always done it this way. Is the enemy of progress. It's the enemy of improvement. And it's the friend of the status quo. Now sometimes the status quo can be good. Well, why should we share the gospel and say you're going to go to hell if you don't accept Jesus as your Savior and repent of your sins by grace alone, through faith alone? And so we've always done it that way. Good, because that's the only way to do it. 
I'm not advocating heresy or changing doctrines. I'm talking about methods and traditions. All right? Nowhere in the Bible does it say, give to Lottie Moon. Nowhere. The Bible does teach us to be good stewards in all that we spend our money on when we're spending and saving money. And we are to do missions and fulfill the Great Commission. And the International Mission Board, that's what the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering supports. The International Mission Board has been a huge force for spreading the gospel throughout the world. In fact, it was basically what the SBC did in 1845. In 1845, they founded the Southern Baptist Convention in Augusta, Georgia. Why? Because the Northern Baptists didn't want to do missions with the Southern Baptists because the Southern Baptists had slaves. And the Southern Baptist says, fine, we will keep our slaves and we'll make our own mission board and we'll send missionary out, missionaries out there in the world to those black people that we have not enslaved so they know Jesus. We've already told the black people that we've enslaved here about Jesus. We'll send them out to, to Asia and wherever else. Africa. And that's what the Southern Baptist Convention was. One sacred effort. Not to make any man rich. Not to create a bunch of mission boards and state boards and state agencies and state jobs and six seminaries and the ERLC and the North American Mission Board. Not all the bloat the Southern Baptist Convention has now. It was one sacred effort get together, use economies of scale to fund missionaries, to send missionaries out to a lost and dying world. And one of them that they sent was Lottie Moon. And Lottie Moon was a believer. She was a woman who was steadfast in her faith. She never married. Listen, Lottie Moon had a fiancé. And she loved him. But he was a heretic. He was either a Unitarian or a Universalist. I forget. He had some heretical beliefs, and she would not marry the man because he didn't believe the right things. Instead, she went out and spent the rest of her life sharing the gospel with Chinese people. Until there was a famine in China, and there wasn't enough food, and Lonnie Moon would give the food he, she had because she had funding from the International Mission Board, and she was starving herself to share with others. And finally, they said, we got to send Lottie Moon home. They put her on a boat to send her home. She died outside of a port in Japan from ill health. And legend has it, because, you know, we're really unsure for stories for 200 years ago. But what we say is Lottie, it was 100 years ago, Lottie Moon starved to death. Starved to death to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why I title... This annual episode, Starving Lottie Moon, caused we need to starve the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. We can name all kind of stuff after Lottie Moon, but we don't know if Lottie Moon would approve of the Southern Baptist Convention in its present state, do we? If Lottie Moon were alive today, she might think there was a better way to evangelize Chinese. I don't know, and neither do you. But when they tell you, support Lottie Moon, and you ask, why should I? And they say, Great Commission, International Missions, you can say, yes, I should give to International Missions, but why should I do it through Lottie Moon? And they'll have to come back, well, because we're Southern Baptists. Oh, okay. Well, why don't you start... You still, you the, Those of you who still support Lottie Moon, and those of you who want to push Lottie Moon on your churches... Can you tell me what Paul Chitwood makes? 
What's Paul Chitwood's salary? And some of you are sitting there, you don't even know who Paul Chitwood is. You've never heard of Paul Chitwood. You've never heard of Paul Chitwood. You've never heard of Albert Moeller. You've never heard of Jamie Dew. You've never heard of Danny Aiken. You've never heard of Russell Moore, who's not at the ERLC anymore. Who's the new guy? I mean, he's worse than Russell Moore. I'm blanking on his name. I'll move on. You've never heard of Kevin Ezell. But I'll tell you what, if you have heard of these men, who are these men? Who are these men? Well, Paul Chitwood's the president of the International Mission Board. Kevin Ezell's the president of the North American Mission Board. Why do we have two mission boards? Why don't we have one? Al Moeller's the president of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Jamie Dew's the president of the New Orleans Seminary. Okay? Danny Aiken, Southeastern Seminary. Jeff Yorg, Gateway Seminary. I think David Dockery is running Southwestern Seminary right now because they fired Adam Greenway. Adam Greenway, who was buying $10,000 coffee machines while the seminary bled money. Jason Allen at Midwestern Seminary. That's That's the guy who runs that. Is it Leatherwood? I think it's Leatherwood who's at the head of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission right now. All these guys are Southern Baptist executives, presidents of an entity, and nobody knows what they make. Except maybe the payroll guy at their organization. So Paul Chitwood's International Mission Board wants me to give them money. You show me how they're spending the money, Paul Chitwood. How much money do you make? How much money are you spending in admin? And they say, well, all this, all this Lottie Moon money goes straight to the missionaries. Well, would they need all this money if you weren't spending so much on admin? Does Paul Chitwood make a half million dollars? A million dollars? How much? How much should he make? How much should Paul Chitwood make to go on preaching tours 52 weeks a year and be a professional fundraiser? Because that's what any presidents do. What did Paul Chitwood do? before he was the president of the International Mission Board. He was from Kentucky, by the way. Is that a well-run State Baptist Convention? What I'm saying is you don't even know. A bunch of y'all don't even know who's running the Southern Baptist Convention, who's running the executive committee into the ground. You got Barber as the president. Let Let me tell you about the leadership of the Southern Baptist Convention. There is a congressional candidate in Oklahoma, a Republican candidate, his name is Dusty Devers. Dusty Devers. And he is ru- running a very conservative campaign. He also happens to be a, a Southern Baptist pastor in Oklahoma. Bart Barber, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, lives in Texas, okay? Not Oklahoma, Texas. He doesn't vote in Oklahoma. Out of what can only be considered spite, Bart Barber donated money to Devers' primary opponent. Who's more liberal than Devers is? Deeper, I mean, I, I would say I should say to the left, not more liberal, to the left. That's the kind of spiteful political people we have running the show with the Southern Baptist Convention. There is so much bloat and bureaucracy at the Southern Baptist Convention. 
There's so much good old boy stuff. And if you've listened to this show for years, you know how bad Lifeway is, how corrupt it is. Not for just from what they sell, but who runs it. Tom Rainer. Oh, what's that guy down in Florida? I forget his name. You know it's a good old boy network. You know how irresponsible North American Mission Board is. How they filed court postings or court briefs that go against Baptist ecclesiology saying that we're basically indicating to the courts that we're top down instead of bottom up. And none of that, none of that is going to change unless you hit them where it hurts. All the people getting rich and famous and powerful off the crumbs of the Southern Baptist Convention, people like Leatherwood, you got to take the bread away to keep those people from getting the crumbs. What's their bread? The number one thing is the is the International Mission Board. If we keep blindly supporting Southern Baptist causes, how is anything ever going to change? You, I'm going to tell you this. You have the people at your church. It's the same people every year at your church. It's Lottie Moon time. And they've never asked a critical question about the International Mission Board, Lottie Moon, Paul Chitwood, or the Southern Baptist Convention as a whole. And they just, well, it's time to tell everybody to give money. Are those people good stewards? Are they good stewards? Do they even consider an alternative? Now, if you think the best way to give to international missions is the International Mission Board, either straight to it all year long or Lottie Moon, fine, then do it. But can you at least be educated about it? All right, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna plug my book. I haven't updated it in a while. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to find out who's the person promoting the Lottie Moon Christmas offering at your church. And I want you to get that person a copy of my book, The Cooperative Program and the Road to Serfdom. That tells about what a mess the Southern Baptist Convention is and how poorly the finances are handled from a systematic standpoint. All right? I don't remember what it costs on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle. You can get it sent to your house. If you know me personally, I'll give you one. I carry copies in my car. If you think it's too expensive on Amazon, write to me at SethDunn88 at gmail.com and I'll lower the price. Because I have I do, do not care about making any money from these books that I have on Amazon. Cooperative Program on the Road to Serfdom, Christianity and the Craft, Essays on Freemasonry, and So Long, Beth Moore, You've Been a Bad Friend to Us. Those are the three books I have on Amazon. I don't, I'm not trying to make a dime off any of the books. I don't even pay attention to the quarterly payments that go into my bank account. They're like $10, $15. I, I give away more books than I sell. 
Whoever is pushing Lottie Moon at your church, get them the cooperative program on the road to serfdom. It doesn't hardly say anything about Lottie Moon. It doesn't even really criticize the International Mission Board. But just get them thinking. Thinking. Because here's the thing. When your company man pastor wants to leave your church, if that's what you have, to go get a job at the state mission board or go get a job at NAM or one of the seminaries or at a bigger church that'll pay him more money, his resume will say, pastored so-and-so Baptist church. Cooperative program giving was X thousand dollars or X percent. Annual Lottie Moon Christmas offering forty or fifty thousand dollars. You got kids scraping together tooth fairy money so this guy can have a line on his resume. Lottie Moon Christmas Offering is the number one annual fundraising event for the Southern Baptist Convention. I mean, I know the money specifically for the IMB. But until you start hitting these money lovers where it hurts, you're going to get 10 more years, 20 more years of people like Steve Gaines, James Merritt, J.D. Greer, Jimmy Scroggins, that's the guy from Florida, Danny Aiken, Ed the Plagiarizer Litton, Bart Barber. You're going to get more and more of these people if you keep blindly giving to Lottie Moon and these Southern Baptist causes. So I'm not giving to Lonnie Moon. No way. Am I going to tell my kids, don't give change? I'm going to tell them what I think about Lonnie Moon and make their own decision. But what what I really see is a poorly run organization with wicked, incompetent, selfish leadership. That's the Southern Baptist Convention. I'm not making that case on this show, this episode. I've made that case on all my shows. For 1,400 episodes, I have mentioned the incompetence and corruption in the Southern Baptist Convention, in the Georgia Baptist Convention. They're bad. Okay? They're bad. Why do you keep giving money to the bad people? Why? Why? And by the way, you can quietly, you can quietly not give to Lottie Moon. But if somebody asks you about it, say, I'm not going to give to Lottie Moon. And here's why. I read this book. I listened to this podcast. I've read these websites. Have you? Most of the people in your church never read a blog or listen to a podcast about the convention as a whole. They don't. And, and the, the, the Baptist Convention knows this. There's just a bunch of head nodders. If we tell these people, if we make a compelling video, 
and lionize some woman who's been dead for a hundred something years and make her her spokesperson from the grave, they'll give us money. Let me tell you something. The leaders of the Southern Baptist Convention could get some of these congregations out there to send money to Kim Jong-il or Hamas. Because you know why? You got churches full of people who don't pay attention to what's going on. Apathetic people who box checkers and tossing 50 cents here and there and they don't pay attention to what's going on. That's why the convention is in such bad shape as it is. Nobody from the pews challenges the leaders. And if you think your pastor is going to challenge the leaders, you got another thing coming because that'll be the last day of career advancement for that guy. That'll be the last book deal for that guy. That'll be the last speaking opportunity with the state mission board or state convention that that guy ever gets. That'll be the last time he's ever invited to a revival. He's not going to bite the hand that feeds him. And the hand that feeds him, listen to me, is your church... Your tithes and offering is feeding that company man, but he's answering to the convention above him. And he's taking that money from your church and he's pushing it up into the organization like a multi-level marketing guy. He might as well be selling Rodan and Fields. Rodan and Fields love the people who take money from a town and put it in their makeup business. The Southern Baptist Convention loves money from a pastor, or loves pastors who take money from a church and put it into the system. There's maybe 20 people at your church, at any given church, that you have to convince that this is bad. 20. You're never going to convince a thousand people of anything. And most churches don't have a thousand people. Most of them have 70. If you're in one of these 70-member churches, man, there's maybe five or ten people you have to talk to. And so, so I think our church should do a Lottie Moon fundraiser. If you want to do Lottie Moon, get on the website and give them money. It's like the shoeboxes, the Billy Graham shoeboxes. Watch, I don't know what I'll do if our church doesn't give shoeboxes. Get online and buy a shoebox. They're $9. You can go to Samaritan's Purse and buy a shoebox. You don't have to do a whole thing at your church. Any individual person can give to the International Mission Board anytime he wants to. You can get on IMB right now at the website and give a Lottie Moon offering if you want to. Why is your whole church all of a sudden into tizzy to do it together? Why? Because the power, it makes the powers that be look good. In the eyes of the convention. And all I want you guys to do is just ask the questions. Just do the research. If you read the blogs, if you listen to the podcasts, you read the books and you decide, no, this is the, we should still support the SBC and the International Mission Board and Lottie Moon, then give your money away cheerfully. God loves a cheerful giver. If you can do it in good conscience, do it. Because I'm a Baptist, and we believe in soul freedom, the priesthood of all believers, and these kind of liberties. That's between you and God. You can do it. With no judgment from me. But listen, if you've researched what I've researched, you're not going to want to do it. You're not going to want to give another dime. That's why I've done, I think, five. Let's see, 2020. 
I think I've done this since 2020. 21, 2, 3, maybe this is 4. That's why I've done at least 4 of these Starving Lottie Moon shows. To sort of remind you people every year when something is pushed on you, push back. Ask why. Get a basic responsibility. Every year, we say we've always done it this way. And then you ask, should we keep doing it this way? You think about it, you're researching. If the answer is yes, keep doing it that way. Let me tell you this. If Nick Saban had coached Alabama football like he did in 2009, he would not be in the playoffs and still win an SEC championship. You say, Seth, what are you talking about? He is the best college coach of all time. He rivals Bear. He has the process. You're right, he does. I'm not saying his coaching philosophy on how to hire, fire, and deal with people, how to encourage young men. I'm talking about how the game has changed. It used to be to win the football, especially in the SEC, you needed a lot of heavy linemen to plug up the run. And that's how you won. You controlled the line of scrimmage and plugged up the run, and you have good. You had great cornerbacks who could cover deep. You stopped the line of scrimmage, and you stopped vertical plays, and that's how you won. But offenses have changed. You got your Gus Malzons of the world. You got your Hugh Freezes of the world. You got your Lane Kiffins of the world. You have these offensive guys, the Urban Meyer. They're going to put everybody in the shotgun or the pistol, and they're going to spread the field. And those 250-pound linebackers you have, now they can't get to the edge. And they're going to get beat seven yards at a time. And they're going to do a, the offense is going to do a hurry-up uh, uh, offense, so you can't substitute. So now you need a different type of linebacker. You need one who can get to the edge. So think of somebody like, you know, you got all these linebackers at Alabama that were so great, like C.J. Mosley and Dante Hightower and Rolando McClain. Well, that's a different breed for a different time. Now you need a really good star player. That, that nickel corner safety hybrid. Because they're going to the edge. Les Miles won a lot of games at LSU with three yards in a cloud of dust. Okay? But you times change and you gotta think, how do I adapt to the change? That's how businesses stay successful. That's how universities stay relevant. And usually when churches are trying to be business-minded and worldly like that, that's when they're failing because they're trying to adapt to the world and appeal to the world because the world is fickle and the world changes. That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is if you've been doing the Lottie Moon Christmas offering for 50 years and you've never... You've never asked, should we do something different? You've just been irresponsible. You're being a bad steward. And listen, do you know you can be a bad steward and irresponsible and not suffer any consequences to sort of get away with it? 
Let's say you're donate, do, donating to an organization that helps orphans and you've been donating to them for 10 years and you've never thought, oh, let me check their books, let me Google them, let me see what their philosophy is if it's the same as it was 10 years ago. It could be that that organization is the best organization to give to orphans to in the world and even though you haven't been paying attention, your money's been going to good use in spite of you. But philosophically, you still should have stopped to ask the question. So even if you believe that the Southern Baptist Convention is pure as the driven snow and the International Mission Board is good and that Lottie Moon is the way to go, even if you believe that, will you not take the time to at least do the research and question it? I'm going to tell you this. It's the people in the cult who won't question. We don't question the apostles of the Mormon church. We don't question the watchtower. Who are you if you can't question? And there's always going to be somebody who's going to accuse you of stirring division at the church. You're stirring division. Well, hold on. I thought this was XYZ Baptist Church. I thought we were Baptist priesthood of the all-believer. I thought all Baptist churches were independent. Why can't I question this? Because this money goes outside the church. I'm not questioning giving to international missions. Quite the opposite. I am encouraging giving to international missions. Or just missions as a whole. I think we should give away money to fund missionaries. To, to win lost people to Christ. I'm advocating to that. But what I'm also advocating is stewardship and doing it the best way. And I don't know that the Lottie Moon Christmas offering is the best way. And maybe you don't know either. And I'm convinced in my mind... Where I'm really convinced in my mind that the Southern Baptist Convention is beyond the tipping point, that there's no way to fix it. But if it could be fixed, you gotta take their number one thing away. And that's the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. If people stop giving to that, if the IMB starts stops getting its money, they're gonna say, hey, wait a minute. Why are people doing this? Oh, because they're, they're sick of Kevin Ezell and ERLC and Leatherwood? Okay. Let's change. Let's change. Because now, now we're being hurt financially. You guys might think prayer moves the Southern Baptist Convention. Because they, they, the Georgia Baptists put out a, a, a growth guide and say, hey, you got to pray. You got to pray first. You guys may, may think prayer moves the Southern Baptist Convention. The money does. All they care about is nickels and noses. It is a money-based organization, not a prayer-based organization. You can teach your kids the importance, number one, of prayer. I'm talking about the kids at your church. You can teach the kids at your church the importance of prayer and praying for missionaries and giving even the littlest bit, because if you give when you're young, you'll give when you're old. You can do that, but you don't have to use Lottie Moon to do it. You can use any missionary or any uh, worthy mission organization. You can. Am I saying you shouldn't pray about trying to change things? Absolutely not. I think prayer does move the local church. Prayer could move the Southern Baptist Convention. It could. I'm just telling you that's that ain't how it works. Money, money, money. Uh, what are they asking? They're not asking you for the Lottie Moon Christmas prayers. They're asking you for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So I'm going to I'm going to stop preaching to the choir right here because I'm not just going to 
say the same thing in different ways ten minute, for five ten-minute periods. All right. I will next year at this time. I'm going to keep doing it. Starve Lonnie Moon. Thanks for listening to the Christian Commute. Lord willing, I'll be back with you again tomorrow. As always, God bless. And as always, remember, Christianity is not about getting saved. It's about being saved. Thanks for listening to the Christian Commute. Please send your questions about Christian apologetics and theology to sethdunn88 at gmail.com. If you are not a Christian, please remember that you can be reconciled to God through the shed blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Repent of your sins now and accept Jesus as Lord. God bless.